the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to Bisberg. I'm your host, John Hall. Today, the program is sponsored by City Mission in Washington, Pennsylvania. And our good friend, Dean Gartland, is back with us. Dean is the president and the CEO of the City Mission. Dean, um, even though it's February, Happy New Year to you. Well, thank you, John. Happy New Year to you as well uh, as we get into this uh, into this uh, tremendous year that's ahead of us, I guess. Yes. Well, uh, you've been with us many, many times in the past. It's always a pleasure because you you tell us about the mission of the mission mm-hmm. and, of course, all the thousands and thousands of men and women and children who have been impacted by the city mission and your work in Washington, Pennsylvania over these many, many decades. It's always a privilege, a pleasure to have you join us in studio. Well, it's always a privilege to be here and to be able to share with your audience you know, everything that's happening at at the city mission, and particularly for those who may not even know who we are, uh, that the uh, uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to share that information so people can know just who the city mission is and what we do. Fabulous. So, so give us an update. I don't want to presuppose any knowledge from our listener base. City mission exists to do what? It exists to share Christ first and foremost, and to shelter, to heal, and to restore the homeless to independent living without discrimination. And that's a tremendous mission to be on. Uh, it's it's a state mission. That's our mission statement. Yeah. But it's a statement that resonates in my heart. It's one of the reasons why I'm even here is because this mission stands for sharing Christ first and foremost, not only with our residents and people walk through our doors, but with anybody else that we come in contact with, our donors, our volunteers, uh, our vendors, anybody that we, we are in contact with. Our mission is to share Christ with them. And so... And that excites me. It makes that, that really that, why I wake up in the morning and do this job because I get to go and do something that I just love that God has called me to do, and that's I mean, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, in, in its essence, it's truly evangelism in action, isn't it? It is. Uh, we say this all the time. We're the we're people who come, whether they're volunteers or our staff. We really are the hands and feet of Jesus uh, in the midst of a very dark and. And, and dismal world uh, where where people are just desperate for light and they want to be able to see. And uh, they're blinded by uh, so many things out in this world today. Yeah. And so coming through our doors is a great opportunity for the light of Christ to shine in them. I love it. I mean, for, for a lot of people who would never enter into a church or have a, a view of Christianity or Christians themselves as something a little odd or weird or untoward, <laughs> you walk into the mission and you see it. It's undeniable. Oh, yeah. the uh, When you've seen people getting food or having the, a great meal or getting a food basket from our Samaritan Center, it just uh, and see how it lights up their face and, uh, and to know that they have... There's just a little glimmer of hope that they have when they leave there uh, is just a, a, a tremendous feeling and a great sense of accomplishment as well, because that's why we're there. We're there to, to share Christ, but we're also there to, to heal and to restore the homeless independent living. And so uh, we have a, a, a good, a great program that it really assists our, our, our residents in achieving independence. Um, and uh, so we operate five, five shelters now. Wow. So it used to be just four, but... Uh, we've opened a women's uh, next step shelter, 
It's right near our campus, uh, but it's for the women that are transitioning into independence in our community. So they've gone through our program, and now they're transitioning. And the, the, the facility we call Sally's House, and uh, uh, named uh, actually named after our chief development officer, uh, the donor who uh, donated the facility, uh, really uh, wanted to honor her, and so we call it Sally's House. And uh, but there was it, it can house up to fourteen women. Wow. Uh, who have gone through our program and who can still need some support, but they're they're working in the community, have jobs, and they are uh, transitioning to independence. So we're excited about that, but we uh, still have our women and children shelter, our uh, shelter for single women, our shelter for homeless men, and our shelter for homeless veterans. Wow. That's an awful lot. It's a big umbrella to be under one roof, isn't it? it oh, it absolutely is, and it's just a... And, of course, I mean, it comes with all the challenges that go with that. Without I mean, this is uh, uh, not just something that, you know, that uh, is, is easy, and I guess if you want to say it that way. Uh, but God enables us to do what we do. And so we have a tremendous staff that are very committed um, to the work and to the cause of Christ at the mission, uh, sharing uh, the love of Jesus on a regular basis with our residents and, our, uh, and helping them to see that life can be different. Life doesn't have to be the way it was when you walk through the door. Yeah. It can change, and uh, probably a good portion of our staff have been uh, our former residents themselves, and so that we've hired and put on our staff, and so they know exactly what it's like. Outstanding. One of the big things for me about the city mission, what makes you unique, is that you refuse government funding. And, of course, if you would accept government funding, your ability to evangelize, to speak about Christ freely, would be limited. Uh, That's a key thing. And and because of that, because of the lack of government money, of course, it's a little more difficult. I would say probably a lot more difficult for you to create all these problems, for you to exist in earnest. So uh, often the call is out for not only Washington, the city itself, the county, for everybody else involved in the mission and the greater, wider western Pennsylvania area to sort of help in engage and embolden the work that City Mission does. Absolutely. And I, and I remember this was pretty, it's always, uh, uh, it's just a memory I have when, when I was, when we were rebuilding the mission because of the fire of 2015. Yeah. And I remember going through the, the planning commission to get them the approval for the our expansion. And then I went to, had to go to city council. And so city council meeting, I had to go make this presentation about our, you know, ex- more beds and expanding our facilities and um and it was full the the room was full of you know citizens were there and everybody was you know they were chatting so one they opened it up for questions and one one individual just said well dean i want to know how much how much of our tax dollars are going to go and for this i said zero and he went oh okay (laughs) (laughs) please sit down sir he did and nobody had any other questions it was wasn't taking any other tax money it was uh this was all supported and done by the goodwill of the people that love what we do believe in what we do and want to partner with us outstanding hey you're listening to bisberg i'm john hall we're talking with dean gartland who's the president of city mission city mission online at citymission.org that's citymission.org or by calling directly at 724-222-8530 once more 724-222-8530 so dean what i love is when we visit you always bring a client along and it's always a great encouragement for me to hear someone's story of experience their strength and their hope what life used to be like and what the road they're on right now and of course today's no different absolutely and 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 uh emily is here with us in the studio and so she's going to share a little bit about her story and she just has uh 
uh, we're just so proud of her and her accomplishments and things that God is doing in her life. And uh, so I'm going to let Emily share her story with you so that you can get a better understanding of what happens at City Mission. Fabulous. Emily, uh, welcome. Happy, happy to be here with you. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, our, our great pleasure. <laughs> so you, you come and join us, and, and it is an act of courage for you to come on the radio and to, to share your story, of course. Um, yeah. It's a private matter, but you, you've made it public. So uh, talk to us about what your life was like, mm-hmm. what happened, and where you are now. Yeah, so I had never even heard of the city mission before I came here, but um, I had a lot of mental health struggles, and I wasn't able to take care of myself or my kids. My two kids are with me there, and the city mission just kind of opened its arms, and we had no family. We had it was really a rough time. Yeah, and so go into that a little bit. In those moments, right? I mean, I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. There's a long sort of spiral into this. Mm-hmm. What happened that you found yourself? You know, where were you at your bottom and the entrance into City Mission? Um, my mother actually had passed away mm-hmm. a couple months before I moved to the mission, and that hit us really hard. I bet. And so we were alone, and it was it was hard. Yeah. How do you make ends meet? Uh, we couldn't. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was really rough, and um, yeah. So in in the midst of that despair, were there substance issues for you for yourself? Was there alcoholism? Talk about any of that. Um. A little bit of substance issues there and, you know, just trying to make it through day by day yeah, but and, yeah. you know, make the pain go away a little bit, sure. if you want to say it like that. And, yeah, it was rough. And so there's your kids, of course, mm-hmm. as part of you. And so you're doing one thing, you know, trying to take care of yourself. Probably not a great job of that. Yeah. And your kids are seeing that as well. That has to weigh on you, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, and I wanted better for them. And it was hard. So it that's why when we came to the mission, it was just... A saving grace for us. Excellent. How old are your kids? Uh, f- just turned 14 and 10. Fabulous. Okay. Yeah. So who told you about City Mission? What was that like? Um, someone recommended it to me. They said, you know, have you ever went down to the City Mission? I was like, no, I, I haven't. And they told me a little bit about it. And I was like, wow. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. There's no way they could be that great, yeah. you know, because I heard a lot of good stories about them. and. Yeah. They were that great. <laughs> Excellent. So you walk in the first day, and mm-hmm. again, that's an act of courage. You yeah. don't know anybody. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's stigma that's involved with mm-hmm. this, but at your lowest, you need a little help. So, you know, all the ego that goes away because you just need some help for you and your kids. Oh, yes. Yes. It was very scary coming in there. But... So explain that process. You walk in the front door. Who's there to greet you? Um, our house coordinator was there, Sheila Namy. She was great and comforting but it was still just so scary and a house full of women and kids strangers yeah it was it was it was out of world experience almost and yeah we were a little nervous so they brought you in and the process uh, you found yourself what was it a a single room you and your kids explain that physical process um they actually have suites. So we have a bedroom, a little kitchenette, a bathroom. It's it's amazing. I wasn't expecting any of that. And I cried when we, they took us up to the suite for the first time. And I just cried. They, were, they had 
toothpaste and all a bunch of nice toiletries and just they stocked the room with so much stuff that I I, I cried just because mm-hmm. it was just. I, I was grateful. Yeah. And, and explain your your kids. I'm, I'm sure, you know, a 14-year-old a is not the most uh, forgiving child, right? Yeah. I, I, we've had kids. I mean, I'm sure that was difficult for them. Oh, yes. What was that, you know, what was that first sort of week or so for them to be engaged? Um, It actually wasn't too bad because... Like me, they were just really grateful, and they were they could see that this was a good step yeah. for us, so they were happy. Excellent. Okay, so you've been at the City Mission for how long? Since July, so almost six months Excellent. now. Excellent. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, so uh, the journey's been like what? I mean, uh, what's happened to you uh, life-wise, spiritual-wise? Explain that process. Oh, it's... My life is completely different from before I came here. I was, it was very bad. And spirituality wise, they bring me to tears with the word that they speak and the things that they do for people. It brought me so much closer to knowing what that's all about and how that is. And it's overwhelming sometimes because I had been been very spiritual before I came to the mission. Yeah. So it it was actually eye-opening and nice. And you see them doing so many things for people and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I mean that's easy to understand, right? Because we we live in a dark and a cynical mm-hmm. world, so we kind of you know, against our better nature, we don't expect the best of people. And so when you do see people who have the light of God within them and are willing, you know, for, for no reason at all other than that they love God and want to share with you. I mean, it's a little off-kiltering at first, isn't it? Yeah, it took me, but I was like, it took me a while to warm up to it. Yeah. I was just like, this. What's the gig? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're there now. What have you done for yourself? Um. Well... I and they started me on GED classes because they asked me, you know, what do you want to do to try to help yourself here? And I really was happy that they offered that. They offer a lot, and for them to offer GED classes was amazing. So I took the classes, and it was amazing. And I just got my GED about. A week ago. Sweet. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Very Thank good. You. It was a journey. Good. Yeah. And I'm sure. So now you have some skills, mm-hmm. a little base mm-hmm. uh, planted in some soil that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to sort of d- decipher what the future would hold. But, but what are your hopes and dreams? Oh, I don't know. Because honestly, it feels like the whole world's open now, you know, confidence wise I can do it and I'm trying to get into a phlebotomy school mm-hmm. and you know I have dreams now you know I, I think they made me they gave me hope mm-hmm. and like I feel like I can actually do something Outstanding. and it's amazing okay good so the GED opens the entrance to a phlebotomy career yeah I mean if you go through that process that's a decent living yeah yeah and I never thought I would I thought I would just be you know just trying to make it through life my whole life but I I feel like I can actually do something good and 
get a good life. Outstanding. Hey, this is Bisberg. I'm John Hall. We're talking uh, with Emily, who's a client from City Mission, and she's telling her story about what happened in her life before the entrance into what happened as she walked into City Mission and where she is now. And you can hear from her story that there is hope here, that there is a new beginning, all because of people who know and love Jesus and their willingness to, to look at this dark and brutal world and off people offer people a new fresh start. And that's exactly what happens thousands and thousands of times over many decades at City Mission. Emily, thanks. I mean, what about your kids? Just one more thing. Mm-hmm. So there it is. I mean, two little kids... A, a, I think a lot of people think about, you know, a a mission and they tend to think of, you know, an alcoholic guy. This is not the norm, right? There you are Mm -hmm. with two kids, Mm -hmm. a teenager and a 10-year-old. I mean, it's totally different than what you would expect, you know, a mission to to sort of offer people. Oh, it is. It really is. It's so welcoming and it's like a family there. It really is. They make sure that you're taken care of, you're... You feel loved and mm. that, you know, it's great. Sounds like it's a home. It is. Okay, so somebody's out there right now, probably someone like you that you were before you walked in. Mm-hmm. If you were going to talk to somebody about that and say, here's a good reason why you should check out City Mission, be part of this. Oh, I would tell them you have to give it a chance because they will give you a chance. The staff is amazing. It's There's stigmas around things like this, yeah. and it's it's not at all how I thought it would be. And it's amazing. And it changed my life. Fabulous. Emily, thanks. It's great to hear your story. Thank you. So there you hear. I mean, I mean, Dean, that's why you wake up in the morning. That's it. That's, uh, that's why we do what we do. And, uh, and when you hear stories like Emily's and, you know, um, you know, the fact that, you know, she has a hope for the future. You know, so many of the people that walk through our doors uh, looking for help, uh, they don't. They don't necessarily coming in saying I need, I want hope. They just basically are coming in saying I just need help. Something. Uh, but our job there is to be able to instill hope that that life can be different. Life can change. It doesn't have to be the same. Whether you're you know you come in with an addiction or or not, or when you come in with mental health issues uh, or not, uh, or you're just you know uh, unemployed where you'd be just you know and you lost your apartment or whatever the case is and you walk through those doors, our job is to really uh, instill hope in, into the hearts and minds of those who walk through the door to let them know that, hey, life can be different. And because our staff has come from, many of them come from the same place. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. They are able to be able, they know exactly what the person is feeling uh, when they walk through that door and to be able to offer them that kind of help and hope. Um, it's transforming. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful to me because, I mean, you know, the, the sense of shame that goes with people's brokenness, you know, I, my own life, uh, the fear, the regret, mm. the anger, all those things prevent people from walking in the front door and leading a, a more successful life, especially a life in Christ. Oh, absolutely. And and for Emily, with her children coming into our women and children's uh, facility, as she said, they, these are sweets. These are these are really nice little units. Uh, they're, you know, they're not huge, but they are big enough that you know you have a nice little living room, uh, a little uh, dinette area there, and, and a bedroom, and uh, so it's enough for to, to gives them dignity to feel that you know, because um, I you know when we were re- renovating that facility uh, several years ago it was I did not want it to feel like a shelter, like a you know that somebody. Who, came into i wanted them to have a sense that it was like an apartment 
And and it was nice to hear some of the children uh, from time to time because we we work very closely with the school system and being able to get somebody into the school rather quickly and to hear them say, well, I'm going back to my apartment, you know, where they live and not to a homeless shelter type thing. So so I felt like that we really accomplished what we needed to do. We wanted to demonstrate dignity. We wanted the women and the kids to know that God loves them. And so do we. And so do our donors and our volunteers uh, that that they surround them with that love and let them know that there is uh, that people do care. Fabulous. Dean Gartland is with us from City Mission. Say, listen, uh, online, you want to check it out, citymission.org online. Uh, or if you want to be a part of this in a bigger way, you can call direct 724-222-8530. Dean, talk about that. I mean, you can always use prayer, mm. volunteers, a little financial push, and the community has become part of the mission itself, but there's room for other people as well. Oh, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, and as we go into this 2023 year, I mean, uh, there's a lot of challenges, you know, and I know it's not just us, but it's a lot of nonprofits out there as well. But but for us specifically, because there is, because we don't receive government funds for our programs, we depend so much on the goodwill and the the support of individuals, businesses, uh, churches, and um, uh, that in our volunteers who come in to, to be able to help subsidize our labor force, yeah. so uh, to be able to come in. But there's a lot of challenges right now from everything from the inflation to recession to uh, these things that are people are a little bit uh, leery about how much they can give and what they can give and so forth. And so we're entering 2023 with a little apprehension. And uh, hopefully this will get turned around a little bit here over the next couple of months and we'll see a. Uh, an outpouring of God's love and support for for what we're doing. Excellent. As well as financial givings, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, prayer as well. But people, you know, you rely on volunteers to help the minutia, the, sort of the day-to-day. So people who show up at the doorstep and say, let me be part of this community, I, I want to join. Yeah, just so, as Emily was sharing with you about her GED, I mean, that's a volunteer that comes in and teaches the GED classes. Wow. Um, so... Uh, we have that. We have volunteer businesses that will come in and do a training on how to dress and how, you know, about your resume and about your applying for a job. And and so I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, about 130 people got jobs uh, that as they left the mission and pretty decent jobs at that. They, you know, that because uh, that's our goal yeah. uh, for them to, to get employment, but to have employment that can sustain them in the community. And so. Uh, that's where we aim at, and where they where they can uh, uh, find a job that has meaning and money that can can sustain them. And so, uh, seeing that happen is is a real a blessing. Uh, where Emily uh, got her GED, it's it's an area of our organization of our ministry called CTEC, which is our career training and education center. Hmm. Uh, we have a computer lab there. People can get their birth certificates or G, their driver's license. They can get their social security card. Uh, state ID, because a lot of these things people have lost during their uh, life, whether it's through drug and alcohol, whatever, moving from place to place, they've lost all these things. So they have to have these in order to be able to get a job. And so uh, our our training center, our our career training and education center set up to help them acquire all that ID and then take them to the next step, which is... uh, Get them the proper clothing for uh, interviews. That do uh, help them with their resumes. Uh, they can apply for jobs online right there at the mission. They learn computers. 
uh, how to use a computer. So uh, we have a nice computer lab set up there as well. So uh, it, it's exciting for me. And again, you know, uh, when I hear Emily's story and hearing that, because that's, you know, when you're an adult and you got to go back to school and try to get, uh, you know, to to get your GED like that. I mean, you're not used to being <laughs> in the classroom, being in a classroom, no. and doing things. But uh, so it's a tremendous accomplishment that Emily did. And I just, you know, uh, not just myself, but the, the whole mission staff is very proud of her. Excellent. So, Dean, with that, with uh, just a couple of minutes left, of course, the centerpiece, as we've uh, talked about repeatedly throughout our time, is that it is a new life in Christ. Yes. And what I love is that there are volunteers, pastors, men and women who come into the mission and will regularly preach and pray for everyone, the staff and the clients who are there. Absolutely. And we do have chapel a couple of days during the week and on the weekends and uh, all volunteers, churches will come in. Uh, they will, you know, present the gospel. They'll pray with people. Uh, we've had our residents have joined their churches. Um, so it, it is exactly the way I've I've always, you know, envisioned and I wanted to see it happen. I wanted to see our residents begin to get that that church family, that spiritual family when they leave the mission yeah. so that they're not just out there on their own yep. uh, kind of stuck. I mean, uh, the body of Christ comes and surrounds them and with the support and prayer support that they need and encourage them. That. Yeah, that's great. I mean, one of the big sicknesses in society today is that people lack community, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a church family, a community is everything for a person to sustain them, to encourage them throughout the difficult and the good times. Absolutely. And that's uh, so it's it's a again, a privilege for me to be able to serve the Lord in this way and to serve that community and um, and to see the results that God is doing, because uh, it's not me, but it's 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 what God is doing in and through the city mission and through the, our staff and the lives of the residents, and then what the residents were able to you know teach and and and, and help us to learn about ourselves. And so uh, we are just like them, and we're no different. Fabulous, Dean. It's a pleasure. Like I said, I mean, really, job well done. I always appreciate the work that the mission's doing to have people change their lives forever, not only here on the earth, but in eternity with Jesus. So keep up the good work. Well, that's what I plan to do. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this has been Bisberg. We've been so grateful to have Dean Gartland, the CEO of City Mission. City Mission Online at citymission.org or by calling 724-222-8530. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.